Have you heard about the term Christian atheist? Those are the people that claim that they're Christians, but they live their lives as if there is no God. Do you know someone who is a Christian atheist? Can you think of someone? I'm a Christian. I go to church. I do my things regularly, but in certain parts of their lives, they're not Christians. Do you know some people like that? We'll be talking about salvation, a gift from God, but someone who actually lives a Christian life, or how can we live a Christian life if we say we are a Christian? Genesis 2 talks about how God has given Adam life. God created Adam, and he was created after God's image. As a matter of fact, the Bible says in Genesis 2, 16 through 17, it says, And the Lord God commanded them, commanded the man, You are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So the question is, when Adam ate the fruit, did he die or not? Bible says, you shall surely die. So did he die or not? How, how old was he when he died? 930 years old. But he ate the fruit 930 years before. Did he die or not? <laughs> yes or no? <laughs> it, it's, it's confusing, right? But we have to define the terms here. So did he die on the day that he ate the fruit? Yes, he died. But did he die? No, he didn't die. What? <laughs> so he died on the day that he ate the fruit, spiritually. His eternal life is lost. But his physical life went on for about a thousand years. Now, how was that possible? Because when God said, you will surely die, and he lived another thousand years, that was possible because of the promise that God has given in Genesis 3.15, which says what? I'll put enmity between you and the woman and your offspring and her offspring, and he will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So that promise, the promise of salvation, promise of redemption, because of that promise, under the condition that he will come and crush the head of the enemy, Satan, that Adam get to live another thousand years. But on the day that he ate the fruit, he died. Do you understand now? He died. Now, he died um, in a sense that his eternal life is lost. His, his garment of, of light is lost. He can no longer live forever. Had Adam not sinned, had he never sinned, then if he had children, do you think his children would have lived eternal life? Yes, he would have. Or they would have. The children would have. But after Adam and Eve sinned, their children, Cain 
Abel, Seth, and thereafter, all the children, including you and me, when we are born, do we have eternal life when we are born? We do not. We do not. Because we are born after Adam's fallen flesh and nature. So that's what we lost. That's, when, that's what Adam lost. And Psalm 51.5 says, Behold, I was shapen in iniquity, and in sin did my mother conceive me. So yes, we were born in sin. But don't get me wrong, though. Some people, this is a very um, delicate or sensitive subject in some way because talking about the human nature, especially Jesus' nature, it's a very, very sensitive topic. But the Bible is clear that Adam has lost his eternal life, and we don't have the eternal life when we are born. But because of that, it's not fair that we don't have the eternal life. And through the second Adam, we can have the eternal life. When we do what? When we choose to accept Jesus, the second Adam, then we can have the eternal life. Just as if Adam had given birth to us with that eternal life, if only we choose, because he paid the price. Now, so everyone is from Adam. Even though you and I and everyone here have different skin of color, different eye color, different hair, and some have bigger eyes, some have smaller eyes, some have bigger nose, some have different darker skin, some have lighter skin, we all are from Adam, and through Noah actually, from Adam. So that means we all have that kind of same human nature and tendency. But there's one person that is not like that, is different. Who is that person? It's actually Jesus. Because he is born of what seed? So we all are born from Adam's seed. Our father is who? Adam. Adam is our father. But Jesus was born from what seed? Genesis 3.15 said what? Woman's seed. That means woman's descendant. What does that mean? So who is Jesus' father? Joseph. That's not his father. I told my kids in my uh, kids' class. Joseph is his stepfather who raised him. His father is actually the Holy Spirit. It's very confusing in a way, right? <laughs> but that's exactly what it is. The Holy Spirit is the father, meaning he had no sin when he was born. He had the tendency to sin. He, his his, his um, nature was, was um, meaning he was born without sin, but he had the tendency to fall, easily fall into sin, just like someone who has been fallen after 4,000 years of all the sinful habits and, and the inheritance of all that bad things, meaning if a father is, a, is an alcoholic, it's easier for the children to, to catch that habit and become like that. That tendency is there, but he is born without sin. Otherwise, he cannot be our savior. That's exactly what happened. 
And when Adam sinned, something changed, something dramatic happened in this world. A few things happened. It's actually the curse, that God has cursed a few things. Can you tell me what happened to Eve and what's the curse that, that fell on Eve? Because she's the one who tempted or who was tempted first and, and uh, sinned. What happened to Eve? Childbearing. So pain in childbearing. So let me ask you a question, all the wonderful mothers here. If I may, ha if I may see your hand, anyone who gave birth without epidural? Okay, a few people here. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm laughing because <laughs> uh, Kiran over here raised his hand. <laughs> so, uh, quite actually, I'm surprised. Quite a few people raised their hand without epidural. That's amazing. That's amazing. My wife, who is not here right now, um, had experience both. For JJ, no epidural, just natural birth. Ashley, epidural. So it was it was night and day. Now. When my wife went into the labor room for JJ, she was in pain, and I don't know how much pain that is because I'm a guy, but I could tell that she was in pain. She was in so much pain that she couldn't even talk. She was just in agony. And I felt so bad, but I didn't know what to do. I mean, what can I do? You know? I'm trying to talk to her, rub her back, and, but that's not helping much. And in comparison, when I went into the labor room for Ashley's birth, and she was in labor pain like you know, every five minutes, every the contraction, every three minutes and so on, and she's in pain as soon as, at, at first, you know what? She said, you know what? I'm not gonna get the epidural. I'm just gonna go through natural birth. But as soon as the doctor said, came in, it's like, do you want epidural? She said, yes, please. <laughs> as soon as she got that, she fell asleep. She was sleeping for like four hours. Maybe I got the number wrong. Maybe a couple hours. But she was, she was in sleep. And I was like, wow, this is so much easier. <laughs> so epidural is a wonderful thing. That kind of reverses the curse just a little bit. Just a little bit. But the curse came after the sin. You know what? It affected not only the human beings, but the animal kingdom as well. Did you, do you know that animals go through pain as they give birth as well? If you think about the cows, elephants, I mean, they can't really tell you how much in pain they are. But if you just look at them, they're in pain. All because of who? Adam and Eve. The animals, I mean, what have they done wrong? Nothing. But because of Adam and Eve, they're in pain as well. Second curse that fell on Eve is the equality between husband and wife. That balance is, is broken. Now, God said, you know what? You are going to desire your husband, and he is going to rule over you. So that equality is different. And to be honest, I don't know that equality is broken today. It's Maybe it is broken. It's the other way around. That women are a little bit higher <laughs> than men, husband. That's what I think. <laughs> but um, I really want to find out what that balance would be like. Would have been like 
to go to heaven and then find out what it was like, the setup was like. Because obviously we don't have that balance here on earth. Another curse is found in uh, 17, Genesis 3, 17, and 9, 17 through 19. It says, cursed is the ground. Meaning, as God cursed the ground, what happened as a result? What land produced what? Thorns and thistles. Meaning, because of that, Adam had to work extra hard to cultivate and find food. Before that, that means there was no weeding required. You didn't have to go weed. You didn't have to go, like, um, take care of your land. So if you go and look at weed and how they grow, does anybody, like, plant weed? Does anybody go and actually take care of weed? Like, you go and, like, water it and try to take care of it, try to grow weed? No, nobody does that. But it grows so fast, so well. Um, in my Loma Linda house, or the other house that I, that I used to live in, the lawn was actually dead. It was all, all dead when we moved in. So the landlord wanted to, to restore it, so um, I had it all grown. Like I laid the old new sod and everything was good. And you know, lawn care, even though it's, it was small, it's not easy. I mean, I was trying to do it on my own because, you know, American life, I want to do it like guys go and, you know, you, you, you go and you mow your lawn and you know, chop some wood and I wanted to do that. So I volunteered to do it instead of hiring people. But after about a year or two, someone dropped or something happened. Maybe, you know, you know what puncture vine is? Those little seeds that have like really sharp uh, thorns. So if you step on it, it sticks to your shoes, bottom of your shoe soles, and anywhere you drop it, it will grow. And it will grow so that it, any kind of fruit that's bare, like coming out from it, it's all puncture vine. Like, and now it's like terrible. You want to try to kill it, it doesn't die. And it goes, spreads everywhere. So that puncture vine started to grow in my front yard. I couldn't control it. It's just everywhere. And it's, it's overtaking the whole lawn. And if you try to go pull it, it's poking your finger, and it's just not fun. Um, but that's what happens to the thorns and thistles. Before the curse, it wouldn't be there, but it came after. So all the bad things that we see in this world, I shouldn't say all, but a lot of the bad things that we see here on earth is because of the curse that came because of Adam's sin. But you know what? When you read the curse part, which is Genesis 16 through 19, that comes after Genesis 3.15. What does that tell you? The promise for the salvation is given before the curse is given. God says, you know what? Here is the curse. This, this is something you cannot avoid. This has to happen. So childbearing pain and uh, equality broken, thorns and thistles, and all that is happening. But before that, let me assure you that I'm going to send somebody. Actually, as a matter of fact, I'm going to come myself to save you from this. And God, the promise, the blessing is given before. Amen? We believe in God who gives us blessings before the natural curse that has to come. 
So amen for that. And so anyone here on earth has no life except through Jesus. Because John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is the way. John, 15, John 11, 25. Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live. And Acts 4, 12. Salvation is found in no one else, but there is no, and there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. There is no other name except Jesus. Now, do you have this Jesus in your heart? Are you walking on this path? I am the way, the truth, and the life. No. When Christ came and offered us the eternal life, um, we have to cling on to that. We have to hold on to that promise. Otherwise, we are lost forever. We could be like that Christian atheist. We look like Christian outside in some ways, but at home or maybe elsewhere, we may live as if we are an atheist. There's no God. I don't care. Only on Sabbath, on church, when you come to church, like, oh, you put on your Christian smile, you put on your Adventist clothes, you put on your Adventist mask and say, I am Christian. Oh, hi, happy Sabbath, everyone. As soon as you exit the building and go home, as you start driving your car, you take your mask off, you take your smile off and say, okay, I'm back. We have to have Christ in us so that we can live the Christian life. If a sin is a dead person maintaining his life on probation, because that's what happened to Adam, if that is sin, a life receiving the everlasting life from Christ must be righteousness. Now, there's a story from... Uh, American Indian folktale. There, there was a man who was walking down the street one day and he found an egg, rather a large egg, and he didn't know what to do with it. He didn't know what it was, so he took it to his chicken coop and he left it there. And the hen was sitting on it and it hatched. And sometime later, it, the bird came out, hatched, and it, it started to grow. At first, you couldn't tell the difference between the baby cheeks and this egg. But later on, sometime, some months later, it starts to grow its feather, and its claws are much bigger. And like, whoa, you know what? This is not a chicken. This is an eagle with an eagle egg. But you know what? This eagle didn't know that it was an eagle. And it was going around just like any other chicken, digging up the ground for like seeds or worms, just like that. And chickens, you know how far they can fly? Wild chickens, they can fly pretty long distances, but like domesticated chickens, they can fly probably like three feet, five feet. Guess what this eagle did? Just like any other chicken. It would fly just three feet, like flap, 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 fly for a little bit, and then just land. Couldn't fly. Sometime later, this chicken, not just chicken, this eagle, <laughs> this eagle became older, maybe two, three, four, five years older, and um, one day he looked up 
And there was a really like awesome looking bird spread open his wings and it was flying, soaring high up into the cloud. And this eagle looked at it and like, wow, that's so cool. What's that, buddy? And the chicken next to him said, oh, that's called an eagle. That's the king of all the birds. And this, this eagle was like, wow, that looks so amazing. I wish I could fly like that. And this guy was like, nah, and you're a chicken. You can never fly like that. <laughs> This eagle completely forgot its identity. And it was living as if it was a chicken. But you know what? This eagle, in fact, was an eagle. He could fly just like that eagle flying up, like high up and soaring high in the sky. The thing is that if we as Christians, if we, if we live like Christian atheists, forgetting about God, we are forgetting completely about our ego side. And we pretend that we are chickens. And we just dig up the ground looking for worms. That's what we do. We just flap, 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 and then maybe move like three feet. When you can actually fly high and go above the sky. If we live like we have no life in us, then we are living like that eagle or chicken. Maybe it's a chicken. Maybe it's not an eagle because it doesn't know how to fly. I wish that we would not forget that we are actually Christians that have life in us. Now, Adam was created in God's image. Do you agree? Do you think he had the noble look on his face? Do you think he was handsome? Do you think he was tall, big? Yes. What about after his sin? Do you think his face changed? Do you think he got shorter? Do you think he still looked handsome and good in God's image? What do you think? We don't know for sure, but here is a clue that we can find. And that quote is, is in the next slide, next two slides. I'll read from First Spiritual Gift, Spiritual Gift, Volume 1, page 27. It says, I was shown Satan as he was a happy, exalted angel. Then I was shown him as he is now. He now is. He still bears a kingly form. His features are still noble, for he is an angel fallen. What does he say? I'll read the rest later. It says, Ellen White was given an image of or a vision of Satan before his fall and after his fall, like today. Before his fall, he still has his, had his, no, he was a happy, exalted angel. Bright, glorious, amazing angel. And then after he was fallen, he still bears a kingly form. He still looked like uh, like a head angel. He still looks like an amazing creature that God has created, the pinnacle of his creation. He looked handsome and amazing and great. But let's read on to the next, page, next paragraph. A smile. This is continuing on us and, and what, what Ellen White saw of, of, the, dev, of the devil. He's, um, a smile was upon his countenance, which made me tremble, it was so full of evil and satanic slyness 
This smile is the one he wears just before he makes sure of his victim. And as he fastens the victim in his snare, this smile grows horrible. Now, so this Satan now looks so evil, but he still has his kingly form. So knowing this, Adam, before his fall, he would have, been, he would have looked just like God, just like children or sons would like their dads. Adam would have looked like that. But because of the fall, he looks a lot more different, except he still has that godly image in him. Now, get this. My point is that now, if somebody, because Adam still looks like that, he still has God's character in him. He still is a very kind, gentle, and soft amazing guy just like the day before he sinned he still has his form he still has his good smile he still has his kindness in him but does that mean he still is connected with god and he is righteous he still has eternal eternal life in him he still has life in him no he may look that handsome that gentle that kind but that still means nothing he lost his life. That means if we live as Christians and if we still have that gentle smile on us, we may still look like we are kind. We may can say the good prayer. We may can say encouraging words to other people. But if we don't have God in us, that means we are lost. Friends, do you have eternal life in you? How can we live that eternal life as true Christians? What's the key? We have to be connected to, to God. We have to be connected. A life trying to achieve salvation, working very hard to be saved, and struggling to bear the fruits of the Spirit, that life is not a Christian's life. That is a Pharisee's life. A Christian's life is a life that is connected to the source of the Father. When you are connected to the main trunk, then you bear fruit automatically. The fruits come as a natural result. The smiles on your face, or maybe the struggles that you go through, Christian struggles that you go through, that's the natural result. All of us who are baptized here, all of us who are sitting here as Christians, are you naturally growing and bearing fruit because you are connected to the main source, God our Father, our Christ? Or are you struggling? Are you working hard? Are you trying very hard to produce fruit? Or are you trying very hard to maintain that Christ-like outward appearance? That could work to some people. You know what? He or she is a great Christian. She's very gentle. He's very kind. They're great Christians. But in God's eyes, we may not be. How many of you do not want to be a Christian atheist? How many of you want to be connected 
with Christ. And I pray that we would truly be connected with Christ. How can we be connected with Christ? The Bible says, abide in me and I in you. Then you'll bear fruit. We have to spend time with God. We have to be connected, drinking from the tree, the sap, the eternal water, everlasting water, the living water. How can we do that here on earth? We have to read the Bible, to pray. That's the only way, my friends. That's the only way. So it is my challenge that we will spend that time with God. If you are busy, let us keep in mind that we have to spend with God, spend time with God. Otherwise, there is no other way. Satan is trying very hard to snatch us from God's hand. So let us pray that we will spend that time with God. And as we do so, we would have life in us so that we will bear fruit naturally. And we will not be Christian atheists. Let us pray. Father God in heaven, we thank you so much for your blessings. Lord, we know that we have no life in us. We have no desire to even go to you. We have no desire to spend time with you. But Lord, we pray that you will give us the desire to pray to you. We will give us the desire to be connected to you because in us, we have full of sin. And our human nature is fighting. And we do not want to follow you. So, Lord, we pray that you will give us the desire to follow you. You will give us the heart to spend that time with you. So, Lord, we pray that you will please help us to put aside the time to pray, to read the Bible, to, to ask God to guide our footsteps every single day so that our journey may be going toward heaven, not away from it. Bless every single one of us here so that we could have life that we have lost through Adam, we will have that life through the second Adam, Christ. Bless us so that our life here on earth will be a start of a journey that is leading all the way to heaven. Thank you, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.